welcome back to the Badass Literature Society, where badasses come together to rate and review novels recommended by you. Hi, I'm Michael. This is Barbara. And I'm Lauren. Welcome to the first episode of Season 4. This month, we read Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. It was recommended to us by Jazz on Instagram. All right, let's talk a little bit about Blake. Blake is a best-selling novelist and screenwriter. He's the author of a dozen novels, most recently, Dark Matter, Recursion, and Upgrade, for which he is also writing the movie for Steven Spielberg's Amblin Partners. His international best-selling Wayward Pines trilogy was also adapted into a television series for Fox, which was produced by M. Night Shyamalan, and it was summer of 2015's number one show. His novel Recursion is currently being developed as a Netflix series by Shonda Rhimes and Matt Reeves, and Skydance is developing a film adaptation of his novella, Summer Frost, based on Crouch's script. His novels have been translated into 40 languages, and his short fiction has appeared in numerous publications, including Ellery Queen, Alfred Hitchcock Mystery Magazine, and Cemetery Dance. At the moment, Crouch is writing a new book, as well as creating a nine-episode adaptation of his novel Dark Matter, the one we read, uh, for Apple TV+. Blake lives in Colorado. Barbara, you want to tell us some specifics about this book? Yeah, so this was originally published on July 26th of 2016. It is considered a science fiction thriller and suspense for the genres, and it is 352 pages. Currently has a 4.1 on Goodreads, 4.6 on Barnes & Nobles, 4.5 on Amazon, and a 4.4 on Audible. And it has been nominated for the Goodreads Choice Award for Science Fiction back in 2016. And the Book of the Month, Book of the Year Award, also in 2016. And as of this recording, it hasn't won any awards. We also think it's important for readers to know what, if any, representation is in the books we read. So for this book, there are is one POC character, no LGBTQ plus characters, and no characters with disability. Lauren, you want to give us a little bit of a brief summary? Sure. So this book is a bit of a mind F, and it is about main character Jason Dessen. Um, it is kind of, I'm just going to go with the, what the, what's on the back of the book so I don't spoil anything because I feel like this book is easy to spoil. So sure. are you happy with your life? Those are the last words Jason Dessen hears before the masked abductor knocks him unconscious. Before he awakens to find himself strapped to a gurney surrounded by strangers in hazmat suits. Before a man Jason's never met smiles down at him and says, welcome back, my friend. In this world he's woken up to, Jason's life is not the one he knows. His wife is not his wife, his son was never born, and Jason is not an ordinary college physics professor, but a celebrated genius who has achieved something remarkable, something impossible. Is, is it this world or the other that's the dream? And even if the home he remembers is real, how can Jason possibly make it back to the family he loves? The answers lie in a journey more wondrous and horrifying than anything he could have imagined. One that will force him to confront the darkest parts of himself even as he battles a terrifying, seemingly unbeatable foe. Dark Matter is a brilliantly plotted tale that is at once sweeping and intimate, mind-bendingly strange and profoundly human. A relentlessly surprising science fiction thriller about choices, paths not taken, and how far we will go to claim the lives we dream of. It's a pretty good summary. So, what did you guys think about Dark Matter? And remember, no did you just say that's a pretty good summary because it's the back of the book? I know, I it's a, but so. it is. It's very. It's like, but the way Lauren, the way Lauren phrased it, like she was trying to do her own thing, and then I, I immediately thought the same thing she did, which is this would be a very difficult book to summarize in your own words after reading it. 
because right. yes. without it's spoiling so it, so easy to trip the problem. Into... Without spoiling literally right. anything, all you can say is it's Jason. He gets knocked in the head, right. kidnapped essentially, <laughs> and when he wakes up again, he don't be recognizing nothing. Right, <laughs> that, that's, that's what that. I meant. Like it's, it's one of those. It's like super tricky to summarize without <laughs> tripping into spoiler territory. So <laughs> that's why I started, I, uh, and then I was like, mm, no, because <laughs> no I, I was like, I was like, man, I'm gonna be impressed if she can do this. Then she's like, mm, you know what? I'm gonna go for the back of the book. <laughs> anyway uh what did you guys think of dark matter and remember remember no spoilers so i really enjoyed it i think the concept is really cool and it definitely i don't even consider a kind of deaf a mind f when you really start thinking about it so i enjoyed theorizing and following the character around my only issue with the book and this just happened in the beginning and so i got over it after a while was all the Mm, succinct 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 sentences uh it was really distracting for me but i just felt it was overused and kind of lost its impact for me but other than that i liked it so i also really liked it um, i love uh the obviously it's not a shocker i love science fiction and fantasy so i was really excited to read this book uh, i thought it was really well done i like i agree with barbara it was completely a mind f and and I did. I had no idea. Um, I had no idea what's coming next. I, it was interesting. Even like Barbara, who's our queen of prediction, I think even had some prediction issues with this book because of how twisty it was. Uh, so it was very well done. I, I really liked it. And uh, once I found out after we read it that it's becoming a show on Apple TV Plus that's also written by the author, I'm super excited to check that out too. Barbara actually didn't really have many issues predicting this book. She texted me way in advance and predicted pretty much the entire thing. She was wrong about like maybe two things, but she pretty much nailed it. But anyway, being wrong about two things though, that that's a serious, like bad, bad move for Barbara. Uh, She's usually, I usually I was wrong about this whole, like we'll get into spoilers in a little bit, but I literally uh, could not have been further from what <laughs> I predicted on what this book was going to be about, but I really, really liked it. So thank you to the person that recommended it, thinking that maybe this would be one, sci-fi book that i liked because you were correct i did i enjoyed it um i liked the plot the characters all of the twists i can't spoil it but this was the first book with a specific plot point that i'll talk about later that i've never i've never read a book like this before so we'll, we'll get into that later but um it completely blew my mind mind f for sure had me thinking about it a long time afterwards like um and i'll also get into that later once we get into the spoilers like like is this my life is this a dream like pondering things like way after the fact um just because it was something that i never even really thought of so but yeah michael barbara definitely she texted me like literally i think she was on like chapter two or something and she was like so i want this documented that this is my prediction and i was like and i can't say anything i'm like oh, just keep reading like, <laughs> like, i was like i she's like i'm not gonna spoil anything for you i was like that's fine i just want proof of documentation of when i'm thinking through all of this stuff and i just yeah. sent her like paragraphs of like mm-hmm. my thoughts and she was pretty much right on for all of them. <laughs> and so i had a hard time not being like yes you're correct because i didn't want to ruin it for her but she was, she was, it's just, I don't know. It, well, good to know. She's amazing. I she don't know is. how she does it. No. Yes. I just You're have very... a very niche like. <laughs> like, I look forward to the episode one day where we read a book that, like, you can't predict at all. This and is a new challenge for our listeners. It's as much of a mind F for you as it is for me and Lauren. 
This is the new challenge. If somebody can recommend us a book that Barbara can't predict, we'll send you a shirt. <laughs> I still I still think it, I, there are certain things that I didn't think about. And I was like, oh, of course. Like, why didn't I think about, like, how that could have happened? So I want to say that. So obviously, we're not going to go into our individual ratings right now. You're going to have to wait till the end for that. But our group score for this one was an 8 out of 10. So knowing that, would you recommend this book? For me, yes, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, it's an easy book to recommend. I think that the person who recommended it to us had the right idea. If like, A lot of times when we read a fantasy book or a sci-fi book, it's hard to recommend those books for people that maybe don't usually read that genre or don't enjoy that genre. But I think this one is truly a book that, as proved by Lauren talking about how much she liked it, can be enjoyed by people outside of those niches. Um, and so, yes, I pretty much recommend this book to everybody. Are you calling me an outsider? Yeah. Okay. Well, I recommend it too, um, especially for people that are like me who are more into the crime and murder mysteries and like chiclet and other things um, and less into these like super deep sci-fi things that these guys like better. So definitely shout out to listener Jazz or Jazz or however you say it uh, for recommending this. I was very pleasantly surprised. Yes, I would also recommend it. I think there's just enough science fiction in it for people who enjoy that, but not crazy enough for people who don't dabble in that genre. Overall, I think a lot of people would enjoy it because I think it has just enough of a little bit of each genre for people to enjoy it and not like really in depth to be like, oh, this is too much for me. So. All right. For those of you leaving us at this point, don't forget to give us a rating if you like us. Also, make sure you're following us on both Facebook and Instagram at, at BadassLitPod. We want to hear from you. If you've got a book you want us to read for this show, please let us know. Either leave us a comment or send us a direct message. Now, for a short preview of our next episode, next month we are reading The Inheritance of Orchidea Divina by Zoraida Cordova, which we are reading to celebrate Latin Heritage Month. Here's a Which was for that one. Yeah, Latin Heritage Month technically ends. Ended October. Ended October 15th, you said? Yeah. We are still, we're reading it in post. We technically read it already in October. We read it. It was just yes. we didn't do the podcast over it. There we go. It's, it still counts. <laughs> so here's that preview. The Montoyas are used to a life without explanations. They know better than to ask why the pantry never seems to run low or empty or why their matriarch won't ever leave their home in Four Rivers, even for graduations, weddings, or baptisms. But when Arcadia Divina invites them to her funeral and to collect their inheritance, they hope to learn the secrets that she has held on to so tightly their whole lives. Instead, Orchidia is transformed, leaving them with more questions than answers. Seven years later, her gifts have manifested in different ways for Marimar, Ray, and Tatanelli's daughter, Rhiannon, granting them unexpected blessings. But soon a hidden figure begins to tear through their family tree, picking them off one by one as it seeks to destroy Orcadia's line. Determined to save what's left of their family and to uncover the truth behind their inheritance, the four descendants travel to Ecuador, to the place where Orcadia buried her secrets and broken promises and never looked back. Dun-dun-dun! Dun-dun-dun! beam beam. Remember, the second part of this episode is going to be an in-depth look at the book Dark Matter, so if you do want to read it, and I seriously say that this time because there's so many spoilers in this one. Stop listening now and then come back and listen to the rest of our review once you're done.
Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. We're the hosts of Fictional Hangover Podcast. Fictional Hangover is a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. New episodes are released every Wednesday. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on fictionalhangover.com. Remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. Now, back to the episode. Now, for those of you sticking around for the spoilers, here we go. So, like always, our first question, and we're going to talk about who gets the Badass Character Award for this book. Uh, Barbara, who is your nominee? I think this is the first time I've had trouble with, because I really don't know if there is one, because I don't know. I just don't know if there is one. I'd say maybe Amanda, if I had to pick, just because... She left her universe to save someone she really didn't know that well and kind of went into the unknown without any reason just because she's a a good human. So I would say that would be my badass award. Besides that, we we only follow one other person really in Jason and eh. So I don't know. I don't even know if I have one for this one. But if I had to, I guess it would maybe be Amanda. So it's interesting you choose Amanda, you chose Amanda because I hadn't really thought about that until you just said it, but it's a pretty solid choice. The book is so centered, this book is so centered on Jason, let's say, Jason. It's, I mean, I, I think that that's probably the obvious choice. <laughs> I'll nominate Jason number two. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think I think I'll pick Jason. I, I think that uh, the Jason that we meet at the beginning of the book is, he definitely, I mean, he goes through a lot of things to get back to his family at the course of the book. So I, I think that... Uh, yeah, but so do the other eight Jasons. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's hard to pick him because there's so many of him. Uh, I, you can I, just I do what I did and say all of the Jasons to cover all of your bases. <laughs> so that's, no. that's not, you can't do that, though. You, I, I think I have to say all of the Jasons except Jason number two. I just put OG Jason because he was my favorite character as far as, like, I felt like he was the only one out of all of them that had, like, genuine... I don't know, like, and we obviously we're seeing it from his perspective, too. So, like, it's hard to say, but his intentions and his, like, I don't know, his thoughts and, like, his goals and things that he was doing seemed more genuine and, like, more like he was in the best interest of his family than some of the other ones where they were just more, like, selfishly going after Yeah, but we didn't meet some of them. What about the other Jason that allowed him to pass and told the other Jasons, like, hey, leave, let him be and stuff? Like, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to pick because we have an investment in this Jason because he's the one that we followed. Well, and that's why I picked him, because we're invested in him. (laughs) That's why I picked Amanda, because I feel like... She has no horse in this race. Like, she didn't have to do what she did. And she essentially saved his life doing that. I'm going to go with OG Jason then. Your sister already explained her. So, OG Jason wins. OG Jason wins. OG Jason for the win. (laughs) And if you're still listening at this point, you haven't read the book and have no idea why the hell we're talking about multiple Jasons. Like, what? Sucks to suck. Sucks to suck. Let's talk about the characters a little bit. So uh, first character we'll talk about is the OG Jason. And since Lauren had lots of opinions about all the Jasons, Lauren, why don't you tell us a little bit about OG Jason? So OG Jason is the one that gets knocked unconscious at the beginning of the book and wakes up to like freaking spoiler alert himself 
abducting him. Um, and he then finds out later that he, cause he's like a physics professor in the life that he knows. Um, and then like he wakes up in this place, this like science place that he created apparently. And, um, he, another version of him, uh, made it possible to essentially like have a multiverse. And so he, I guess in his normal life that he remembers, didn't think it was possible for him, for anybody to do what he ultimately did. And he finds out that one version of himself did that. Um, and how's he going to get back to his life because he's got his wife and his kid. And he ultimately realized that he didn't want this, um, science career life that he a version of him ended up living and so he really is just kind of centered around getting back to his his original life and goes through quite the uh quite the adventure to get there Let's see daniela is next which is jason's wife in the original universe barbara you want to tell us a little bit about daniela uh she is an artist in his world they have a child together quite young and early in their relationship and that was i feel like the start of the split as far as where jason one's life went one way and jason two's life went the other and essentially uh, this is so hard to explain but in this this universe is Daniela. She doesn't pursue her art career. She's an art teacher and obviously helps Jason raise Charlie. She is from Spain or she is of Hispanic descent. I believe is Spanish. I think that's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. And that's that version of her. We obviously meet like different versions of her from the different universes that he ends up running through. But the OG Daniela is that one. And she doesn't obviously realize what's what's going on <laughs> until Jason OG goes and tells her, which is kind right. of a mind F for her, too. That poor woman. <laughs> well, and then, like, multiple other Jasons are trying to convince her that OG Jason is mm-hmm. lying. It's just the whole, the whole thing is just, it's like... trip. That's what I'm saying. It's very trippy very when you trippy. really start thinking about it. So. You've got to read this one in order to understand what we're yeah. going to talk about, because... <laughs> if not, you're going to be hella confused. You're going to be, it's like, what? <laughs> Like you said, though, Barbara, that like Jason two and Daniela two are pretty much like the polar opposite of what happened, what like what they are in the one, because like it's and it's like that, like you said, that that's that single split. Like in the second universe, she's a super successful artist. They're not together, and she had an abortion and never had Charlie. Whereas, so yeah, it's it's, it's it, it, the book gives you a lot to think about when it comes to yes. the multiverse and multiversal ideas and that theory, uh, and it does it in a really good job really does a really good job explaining it i thought anyway we'll get to that some more later so charlie's the next character not a lot to talk about with charlie charlie is jason and daniela's son um 15 he's 15 yeah, he's, he's 15 years old he's kind of in the uh the angsty teenager phase but uh he we don't hear a whole lot about charlie we get we get like the gist of like how their family dynamic is at the beginning of the book and then we get little bits and pieces of Charlie as we flash back and forth between Jason one and Jason two, since Jason two is pretending to be Jason one. And so you see how Charlie interacts with that. But um, Charlie's just a normal high school kid um, just trying, trying to do his thing. And he plays a much bigger role at the end of the book, which we'll talk about later in the podcast, but uh, that's the gist of Charlie. Yeah. His character doesn't really get fleshed out that much. Mm-hmm. No, not really. Daniela definitely gets more like, 
quote unquote screen time than he does. Yeah. yeah. It's also because he doesn't exist in one of the universes though too. So in a few universes, yeah, he doesn't exist. Yeah. In any universe that they don't end up together, obviously. Right. He's not there. Nope. Uh let's see. Next on the list is Jason Two. Which one of you wants to talk about the doppelganger? Jason Two is basically like an evil version of Jason. And I don't, know, I don't know if it's fair to say an evil. He is. Version. He is. He's trying he's, to steal he's his the life. Villain of Jason One's story, but True. he's the yes. main character of his own story. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're all the main character of our own stories, aren't we? No. Sometimes I feel like I'm the best. <laughs> I just, well, what I meant with that, Lawrence, I don't think it's fair to say he's evil because, like, if you look at like the reasons that he did the things he did, it's it's not. Like he's, he's the one who re- so he regrets his decision of not being with Daniela. Makes the whole multi-universe box thing to go and live what he wrote like his biggest regret in life this is essentially a book about decisions and regrets and Mm -hmm. what if if what if you had done this versus this and you get to see that and that's jason he's evil in the sense that like look you made your choice pal yeah and then you're gonna go and screw up this other family that's happy and even though he knows what he's mm-hmm. doing like he knows that he's like tearing this apart and like they might never be the same again he's like it's just he's selfish he's selfish i wouldn't say evil he's okay. this very selfish character unlike jason one who's very selfless i misspoke he's a selfish <laughs> asshole but he's not evil yeah uh i, I think that the the dichotomy between jason and jason two also gives you a really good like perspective and it kind of takes a little bit of a look at like the value of happiness and that money doesn't equal happiness since Jason too is like super rich and Mm -hmm. super successful and can have any woman he chooses if he feels like it. And even though he has all that stuff, he, the biggest regret of his life is that he didn't stay with Daniela. It's also very, it's one of those things. It's really interesting to see how you as a person, other things shape how you become. Cause obviously Jason one and Jason two are literally the same person up until that but, point, but they are so different in how they see life and how they react to things and yeah. how they think about things. It's complete. It's like a completely different person, you know? So it's one mm. of, like I said, it's on mind F and I love thinking like that yeah. kind of stuff. Like what things in your life have shaped you to become who you are. Anyways, well, based on the theory, wouldn't they have like literally been the same person up until that decision that split the timeline? Correct. All of the Jasons are literally the same person, except for one day. So, you know, like you're seeing the linear path and it's like the multiverse theory where one decision branches out. So it's the river, you know, where every like little thing that you do branches out to a new little river. Um, what arm I think it's called or whatever a river thing is called. So that's what you're seeing. Like all these Jasons are the same, but there's slight variations or some of them obviously are huge variations of them. It's a mind F to think about. And that's yeah. why I said earlier that like, I literally spent a long time after reading this thinking about like, like shoot, we could literally be completely different people mm-hmm. just based on one experiences, experience, decisions. one decision. And then you think about like what things shaped you as a person Mm-hmm. And like, if you would have taken a different path, like it just, wow. Yep. 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 <laughs> so the last character we'll talk about here in this little character discussion is Amanda. And I'm going to let Barbara cover Amanda since she did pick her as the badass character. So Amanda is in Jason two's universe. She works, she's a psychologist and she works in them, his 
company as a psychologist for the people who come back and all that other stuff. And she's like the only person in this company that's not willing to do anything for this theory or this revelation that the box, the magical box, you know? And uh, so she decides that what they're doing is not okay to Jason one. And she actually helps him out to try to go back to his universe essentially. And there's, she kind of ha- her and Jason kind of have a thing because of like what they experience and what they go through. And I'm curious to know, like, is there a universe out there that they actually ended up together and all this? So once again, you start thinking about it, it's a whole thing, but she's essentially the only person that helped him out in Jason two's world in that company that was doing this kind of experimenting. I liked her, her character. Yeah, no, I did too. I thought she was a really interesting character and she was, mm-hmm actually probably a better fleshed out character than even like Daniela was in the book. I think, I think. so. Yeah. Like, I, I think for example, like when they, this TV show comes out that he's writing, I, I think that Amanda will be a larger role than Daniela in that story. Probably. I mean, I guess it just depends on what they do with the series or mini series. It's cool that the be. author is writing it though. That, that is, I think what, why yeah. I'm more excited about it. But anyway, getting off track. Moving on from the characters, uh, for you in this book, there's so many twists and surprises and what the heck moments as you follow Jason through all of this. What was the biggest surprise? Uh, the whole thing. <laughs> um, like I said earlier, the, the multiverse concept was new to me. So like, I've not ever read anything with that plot. So that was a mind, a mind F for me. Uh, when he got kidnapped initially, I literally had no idea that it was going to be by another version of himself. I literally thought, oh, this is like one of my crime stories where it's just some stranger and we're going to figure it out. And the story is going to be about us finding out who the hell kidnapped him. And <laughs> it kind of is, but not not in that way. It was so far out of my realm of possibility. I did not even consider that it was another version of himself. Um, so that was probably the biggest just because that was the first. And then the shock value of the whole concept definitely it continues to stick with me as I talk about it now. I was just, I was like, wait, what? It's himself. And then Barbara's over here texting me. She starts like freaking chapter one. She's texting me. She's like, I think that he kidnapped himself and it's a multiverse. And it's, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I had no idea. But also, I mean, she's probably read books about multiverse. I was going to say, Barbara's read a lot of books about time So I thought it was time traveling. This is technically not time traveling in the logical sense of what you think of time traveling, where you go back in time. Like, he can't go back in time. He can only go at the same time that he left. So, you know, like four months have passed since he's been away, then he's going to go to that same four months type thing. I don't even know if I'm explaining this correctly. So it's not time traveling. So I did get that wrong. I thought it was time traveling. Yeah, she literally said, I'm a little into chapter two. And I think the dude that drugged him and took him is the universe or time, but it's a version of himself. Like they swapped places. Literally, like, ten pages into the book, Barbara's it's like... Not, it's not ten, because the chapters <laughs> are very long. Barbara already knows it's a version of himself. That's not wrong. You were wrong yeah. about the time traveling, necessarily, but... yeah. Oh, wait, that same day. That same day, she said, it's going to be a multiverse thing. Every decision <laughs> we make creates a new world where that choice happened. I'm predicting this. Boom. <laughs> I'm telling you right now that we could Google like a list of the books with the biggest like mind Fs or twists and read it. And Barbara would probably predict the whole damn thing. No, I no, I don't think so. It's just this one was kind of my niche that I was I've 
I have weird obsessions and I go through phases and I had an obsession with time traveling for a while there and I read a lot of books. So yeah. Cause she even said they swapped because the one who didn't have a wife, but has the science stuff regrets it. And wants that version of him that did have a wife to suck eggs and live his life. <laughs> so, so, no, we're talking about the prediction thing, Barbara, I'm just curious and you can cut this if you want to later, but you haven't read fight club. I think you watched the movie though. Did you predict that Tyler Durden was entirely inside the narrator's head? So for movies, it's actually harder for me to predict because movies are so instantaneous. Whereas in books, I stop reading. I reread what I've read. I take notes. It's like, it's that kind of a thing with movies. I don't, I can't do that unless I'm watching a movie by myself and like, I'm stopping every two seconds and rewinding. And I would have been curious to have you read fight club first before seeing it and see. Yeah. So for books, it's just easier for me to theorize because I'm jotting my notes down. I'm marking pages. I go back and look at things that's how I do it. And so for movies, I can't do that. And same with TV shows, like stuff that that type of a media is much harder for me to predict because I kind of have to do it all in one sitting instead of being weird. I I, just thought it was very impressive that after two chapters, Barbara's already got the whole thing. I'm always impressed how fast and and correctly she predicts things. But anyway, Barbara, why don't you tell us about the moment that was really surprising for you, if there was one. Yeah, was there one? There was, there was, yes. So I should have realized that so many different versions of Jason would have made it back and then would want to be the one to have the OG life. Like that I didn't even consider. Like I thought... The Jason we were following was going to be the only one who was going to make it back. And it was going to be a showdown between him and Jason too. Never that I think, oh, actually, like the odds, while still slim, there's still going to be quite a few of them still making it back. And I think he even said like 50 or 60 of them made it, made it back. So if you think like an exponential amount, 50, 60 still isn't a lot, but like my mind still can't wrap around the fact that I think 15, 60 is quite a bit. But anyways, I, I didn't think that would have happened. I just thought like at max, maybe one or two would have, but you know, obviously not quite a few of them popped up so that I was not predicting him having to deal with the fact there's multiple versions of him that made it back. We're trying to get the children back the the wife and it's yeah anyways so no i didn't predict that so not shockingly the entire book for me was was just full of surprises i did not predict i'm sure there were like small parts that i predicted but nothing like what barbara was capable of predicting i do think though once it's kind of laid out i agree with what barbara said as far as the there being like 50 plus versions of jason that i hadn't thought of when they when they lay out like the you know it's a multiverse and this is a different Jason you kind of start putting all the pieces together that was still genuinely shocking when you find out how many Jasons are in OG Jason's world trying to accomplish the same goal that was pretty crazy and a very well done twist I think I, I don't this was good uh, moving on from there when the novel at one point switches to Daniela's point of view for the first time uh, were you surprised by the scene that takes place confused what did you think was happening no I wasn't confused my suspicions were confirmed essentially when I got to that part which I believe is chapter three that's when I was like uh then yes this has to be my theory has to be at least somewhat right but once again I still thought it was time traveling not I don't even same 
wavelength traveling. I don't even know what to call that. <laughs> Multiverse jumping at the same at, in the right time. I don't know. But yeah, I, I thought that the one who took Jason was a time traveling Jason. Um, so I was a little off on the time traveling aspect, but definitely confirmed that Jason too had taken over OG Jason's life. And I think the author did a really good mm, dropping hints because when Jason was getting, uh, Jason one was getting, I don't want, it's not, huh? Uh, abducted. Right. I was going to say kidnapping, but he's not a child. I even, I think I even texted that to Lauren. I was like, what yeah, is it called? What an adult, adult man is taken. <laughs> adult <laughs> napping. <laughs> abducted <laughs> is the word we're looking for here. So when he was abducted, like he dropped little hints of saying like, oh, he, like, I recognize the way he's walking and his voice sounds similar and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, that's you. That's a different you. So, yeah. Uh, so not not surprisingly, again, I was super surprised and super shocked. I, I would say I was surprised and shocked first and then like thoroughly creeped out about the fact that this Jason 2 was living Jason, OG Jason's life. And So did you put it together when you got to that chapter or you're like, what the heck had just happened? So I think it took me a minute. Like when I got to that chapter, like it wasn't like immediately it was like, oh, that's what it was. But like as it, as the chapter carries on, it yes, that that's when it became clear to me that this was like a different Jason, and then super creepy because this new Jason was like having crazy sex with his wife, and you know, it was it was interesting. It was it was strange to think about like when you see from her perspective because she's talking about like how like in one in some in some ways like she was happy because this Jason was like the Jason that they the Jason with the beginning of their relationship when they were freshly in love and like all this stuff and the way he looked at her and the way he needed her and all this stuff. But then this, and then on the flip side of that, she knew though that something was off because this wasn't like it, this, her Jason, like they, their connection was different than it was deeper. It wasn't just this. And so, and it was the same thing with Charlie too, when like he was like all of a sudden being like this grade a super dad and, Charlie, on one hand, was like, this is great. But on the other hand, it's like, well, this is weird. This is my dad. But- I don't think he was a great A super dad. He was actually, I think, cold towards Charlie. I thought he was trying to, he seemed to spend more no, time No, he just wanted him. to bone his wife. Yeah, essentially, he just, <laughs> exactly. Essentially, like, he was in the honeymoon phase of a relationship where all you want to do is, like, F like rabbits, essentially. And that's what this Jason yeah. thought. That's what his life was in being in a relationship with someone having a child. <laughs> and Daniela was like, what's going on? Like, I'm enjoying this because, like, you haven't pursued me like this in mm-hmm. a long time or whatever. So she was like, but she knew something was was up. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I was definitely surprised and confused. I know that's shocking <laughs> about this situation. And I was still probably I think I put it together to an extent because but I don't know, like I still was just like, what the hell is going on? It took me an embarrassing amount of time to figure out what. <laughs> what what was going on. But also, I've never been introduced to this concept of multiverses before Oh, yeah. And now she's hooked. Yeah, now, I mean, I'm down for reading any more multiverse novels. But, yeah, like, I, I mean, I had heard of, like, you know, time traveling and all of that. But mm-hmm. I still didn't put together that that's what was happening because it was, like, happening at the same time. So I was just like, what? Yeah, is this is a different on? take on time traveling because I think it's still considered time traveling in the sense. But it's, like, the multiverse version of time. Well, still not really time traveling because he's not, he's not switching between times. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was not... Until, like, they introduce, I just, yeah, maybe it was that chapter. So is that the, is that the part where, like, you figure out that he's in the science lab and, like, he's, like, we're looking at it 
Like you figure out that he took and he kidnapped himself yet or no? I was just say this is the chapter that was from Daniela's perspective. Yeah, like, the first it's, chapter it's, of her point of it's view. It's her. It's her interacting with Jason Two in the original universe. But we don't know it's Jason Two yet at this point, right? I mean, like not, we don't know that there's multiple. So the book has not, not confirmed okay. anything for right. you. Yes, yeah, so I have not said that. Okay, so then this was at this point. I still didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, because from from her point of view. Jason is like hella late and bringing back the ice cream and stuff. And he's all like making out with her. I was like, I want to go screw you. And that's what happens. Yeah. So at this point I was just super confused as to like why, how there were two versions of himself and how like he got kidnapped. And then, so I knew something obviously was off, but I was just very confused and surprised. And it was kind of like a what situation. So, because I thought it was going to like take a turn of we're going to explore, you know, where he is. It's a disappearance and he's not going to come back and she's going to report him as a missing person and we're going to search and figure out who the hell kidnapped him. And it's like, nope, this other version of him comes back and bones his wife. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I also, I mean, I, I think I got a better idea of what was happening after the chapter with Daniela's perspective, but it's still not as clear as Barbara's perspective was on the whole thing. Anyway, moving on to the next question. At its heart, Dark Matter is a love story. Yet we see Daniela in many different worlds and in situations where she is not with Jason and happy. Do you think that they are supposed to be together? And do you believe that they would have been just as happy pursuing their career-driven dreams? I think that's a really interesting question because like the idea that you know, there's you have like a soulmate out there and you're just supposed to be with them no matter what universe it is and no matter what happens in your life, I don't think is correct. I think that in the in the universes where they were together, um, where the cards fell the right way and the, the timeline lined up, um, then that would be great. And in the universes that they weren't, I, I think that it was clear. Well, okay, so I shouldn't say that, that Jason was happy because the Jason that we met that was followed his career and was super successful and said, you know, F you to love and romance and I'm leaning full tilt into science, he didn't seem happy. Like he he was he was happy in a sense. Like I think that he he was he was happy with the success that he'd found and he was happy in that way, but there was something missing. And then you flip over to like OG Jason and he has the family life. He's got the wife and he has the son and he has all of that. But I think that you, it, it's interesting because the, you, they have a similar perspective on it. Like the, in Jason number one has the family and the wife and he has all these things, but he's um, in his mind, he's just a college professor. And he, he kind of wonders like, you know, if I had leaned more into my research, like my friend that we made in the first chapter, would I have like, would I be in this, in his shoes? Would I be more successful? Would I be the one, you know, winning these awards? And so I think for both of them, they follow different paths, but they both feel like there's a part of them that's missing part of that happiness token that's missing. And as the book kind of lays out there, there's really, there was no way for them to have all of it. Like there was no way where Jason could have had the happy family life and been a super successful scientist and do all the things that Jason too did. And so it was a really interesting love story in that way to, to kind of look at um, like love and romance and happiness and what all of that means. So to, to get back, to get back to the question uh, I, I think that sometimes they were supposed to be together. Um, I think that, that they were in a way just as happy pursuing their career, different dreams. Uh, Daniela especially seemed very happy in her life where she was a super successful artist. 
Yeah, I think that it's difficult because, like you said, they there wasn't a world in which they could have both, which is a parallel for our world in a lot of ways. Like, you end up making choices that takes your life in one direction or another, and you can't always have the best of both worlds, so to speak. Since you're literally considering every possible version of each of them, uh, it's really difficult to say. Obviously, there are versions of both of them that might find happiness without the other one. Uh, so it's I you just can't really say definitively. I feel like every version of Jason, though, is a bit extreme in their love for Daniela, even Jason OG. Like, and obviously, you know, you love your significant other or whatever, but it's supposed to be romantic. But to me, it was a little creepy and off-putting. Um, not like, so OG Jason, I think was the one that was the most genuine with his feelings of actual genuine love and regard and care. And, but then the other ones, it was just, it it just was kind of creepy. Like it was just kind of, it was too much, I feel like. And maybe it was just because of the, um, magnitude of how many, how many of them there were, (laughs) um, or just the fact that they're like, we're going to go murder everybody to like, it just seemed it was very off-putting to me for whatever reason. He crossed the line from ah cute to ooh psycho. <laughs> right, it, there was a line, and it definitely got crossed. So, um, but I do, th- I think that you know Daniela seemed happy when she was pursuing her career, and I think that it's just kind of a parallel for the fact that just because you do choose one path and you're happy there doesn't mean that if you would have chosen a different one, you would have been miserable. Like you can always, there's endless possibilities for that situation and they both could have chosen their careers and found somebody else and been just happy doing that. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. I, I, th- I feel like that's a hard question to answer in certain universes. They were made to be together while in others, they, they clearly weren't. I don't think life is so black and white to say that you're supposed to be with just one person. I feel like that's kind of a, the whole soulmate thing. I feel like you have multiple soulmates, but anyways, I digress. Obviously Jason too didn't feel that way, but I, I think there were, are other Jasons and Daniels that, that do feel happy or were happy. So it's, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say one way or another. So, and I, I think that's correct. It's a, it, like Lauren said earlier, the, the book definitely gives you a lot to think on as you go through it. And it sounds like for all of us, some of those thoughts have stuck with us as, as we've left the book behind too. Moving on from there, what makes Jason number one or OG Jason a standout among all the others? Is our allegiance to him a matter of perspective or is there something fundamental to him that is more deserving of Daniela and Charlie than the other Jasons? I feel like a huge part of this is that we're reading it from his perspective. So kind of like I said earlier, we're getting like we're automatically a little bit partial to him. Uh, because we can hear his thoughts and like we can know his intentions and things like that. Um, so I think we automatically know him more intimately and therefore lean in his favor. That being said, I do think that he was less deranged than the rest, like I kind of mentioned earlier. The rest of them seem to be like out for blood and just a little psycho. And he seems to be more truly just loving his family, missing his old life and wanting what's best for, for them. Uh, Not that there weren't other versions of Jason out there that didn't have pure intentions or didn't want what was best for the family. I think that it's really just a matter of perspective. Like, did I think like he was more deserving than the others? Obviously, because you're partial to him. And I think it's written so that you are like, I, I think it's intentionally written that way. Maybe not. But I think that maybe it was on purpose that we side with Jason OG. 
Yeah, I, I think this is another hard question to answer. It's one of those that I was actually struggling with in my mind when I was reading the book. Because I think originally when he was debating all of this, because he was at one point debating in the book, like, am I more deserving than all these other Jasons and blah, 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 blah. I thought it was just a matter of perspective that we as readers were more into or one rooting for him, I should say, to end up, you know, with the girl and the son. But I think after he proved that he literally just wanted the best for his family and, you know, originally he was going to be like, hey, meet here and we'll kind of hash it out. Then whoever wins takes them. I think the other versions of this particular Jason, and we're not even talking about the other ones, the Jasons that made it back, I I think they were more willing to risk his family's life, whereas this one wasn't. And so I think because of that, he was a bit more deserving. But it's still hard to answer for the ones that weren't violent and just wanted a shot. Because we did kind of meet at the very end some of those where they're like, hey you know, we'll, we'll let you guys go through into the little box. Cause obviously there's a bunch of them like camping out and waiting cause the game plan and they allowed him to do that. So I, it's kind of, it's still hard to say, you know, like they, what about them? Just because we don't get their perspective. Maybe they are, you know, just like this Jason essentially, you know? So this is a part that was really still a mind F for me when you really start thinking about it. And that's the part that I really was struggling with reading the book. And that's why I like the book because of that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. This was possibly the biggest mind death of the entire story when you start thinking about this. But I, I agree with both of you that I think we empathize with this, Jason, just because it's his perspective. And I think the the best thing that Blake Crouch did in this book is that if you really start thinking about it, he could have written this story from any of those Jason's perspectives, even Jason number two. And then we probably probably would have been most you know into that person's perspective just because that's the perspective that you're getting. And when you start thinking about that, it's just, it's crazy. The, the, the amount of like moments in this book are just like insane. And this is, this is just a good example of that. But I a hundred percent think that we see this Jason as the quote unquote, the right Jason or the one that, that quote unquote deserves to be with Daniela and Charlie, just because he's the one we've been with since the beginning, even though there's a lot of versions of Jason that, have lived that ex- those exact same moments up until just one tiny little decision that split. I don't know. It's crazy. It's almost like a, such a large concept. It's hard to grasp, but it was really well done. I, I think that that was one of the best things that he did in the book. So now we're getting to the, to this. What did you guys think of the ending? So I feel like the ending took the wind out of my sails. There's just too many variables left unanswered for me. Like how would they survive in this universe? Would they kill their other versions and assume their life if there were versions of them in this universe? Like, how would they simulate in this universe without identities? Because this is, you know, we're reading this in what would have been 2016. So it's like, we have, you know, identities. You can't just show up and be like, I don't know who I is. And you can't just, you know, live your life. Like, that's not how it works. Back in, you know, the 1900s, you could have done that. (laughs) But not not currently. So I think I also just wanted to know, like, what happens to them. And also, I also wanted to know what happened to Amanda. Like, I'm not going to lie. I would be very interested in a book about her adventures after she left and like what happened to her. So if he does a sequel, I hope it's like her perspective after she leaves Jason. Cause I was really invested in, I really enjoyed her character. So that's, I don't know. It was just that. I think that's where the book fell a little short for me was just the ending. 
but I think obviously he did that on purpose and left it ambiguous. So I agree with Barbara that the ending was kind of initially when I finished the book, it, it left a lot to be desired. And like, I felt like I wanted more, but like you just said, like, I think that was probably on purpose. And when you start thinking about the true breadth of this book and the story, I, it, in, in a way it was the perfect ending because the whole story has been like this effective journey into the literal unknown. And so for the book to end with him and his family reuniting, but, stepping out into this unknown world that we don't get to see and we don't get to know if they were happy or like what were the Jason, Daniela and Charlie like in that universe? Or like Barbara said, like what happened to Amanda when she just decided to like, there, there's so many storylines that are unanswered, but I think that that was likely intentional because this multiverse that we're seeing of this one person's life is has all these different branching things and different things coming off of it and so there was no way we would ever get the answers to everything and so in a way it was the perfect ending and at the same time i was mad because i wanted more it was great well, i'll be unpopular opinion i liked the ending um though i did feel like the author left it open for a sequel like we talked about it did leave things unfinished and unanswered but i think that that was by design because uh, like you just said, like you're never going to get answers and closure to all of the versions and the possibilities of what could have happened in this book, even with a sequel. Like there's no way that we'll ever know about kind of, you know, some of the questions that we might have. But I did enjoy the OG that Jason ended up with his family uh, because I'm all about a happy ending. So so I hate to burst your bubble, Lauren, but the, the likelihood of a sequel is pretty, pretty low. He the author has only ever written the Wayward's Pine trilogy, Wayward Pines trilogy. All of his other books have been standalones. He's never done. No, I think that, but I'm happy. I'm happy with the way that it ended though. So like, I don't need a sequel. For me, it was a happy ending. He ended up with his family. Who knows where the hell they're going to end but up. But would you not want a book uh, with Amanda? Like that's the sequel I want. I don't really I care about. I would read a sequel. Like... I would read a sequel if they wrote one. Um, because I, I'm invested in the story at this point. Yeah. But do I feel like it could be a standalone like it is? Yes. Did it leave unanswered questions? Yes. But there's no way that we could have had closure for all of that. We could have maybe had a little more closure True. on Amanda. That's all I want. Yeah. The Jason and the... It's fine. <laughs> like, that's that's a good one cohesive story for them. Let's move on to Amanda. Just tell us what happened to Amanda. Just Dad. tell us. <laughs> Speaking of Amanda, without her, Jason won or OG Jason might not have survived... What do you think of her decision to leave? And how did you feel about their relationship? So I liked Amanda's character a lot. And in a way, I get why she left. Like I, I was frustrated that she left, but I also understand because to be to the Jason one, to Jason one or to the OG Jason, Amanda is a stranger. And she takes this huge risk. She blows up her life to help him escape and get back into the cube and try to find his family. And she goes through a lot with him, a lot of super dangerous situations. And she almost dies on that planet that's living in like a Holocaust, nuclear Holocaust, like um, ice world. And so I think that, I think that she was hoping that he would choose to stop looking and maybe her, he and her could, you know, make a life in one of these many many worlds and it would be interesting to see that that string of jason but uh but i, I think that that's I think that's why she left and as far as their relationship i i think that 
there were hints of romance maybe but more on her side i think that their relationship as far as that how they got close was mostly because of the circumstance and that they were they were together in this super traumatic unstable situation where they were bouncing around different universes and different timelines but i i really liked her character uh, like barbara and lauren were literally just saying it would it would be cool to figure out what happened to her and what she ended up doing in this universe that she stayed in yeah i liked amanda uh she definitely saved his ass on several occasions i agree that he probably wouldn't have survived without her i don't know how i feel about her decision to leave i kind of wish that she would have like stuck it out but i can't say i blame her Honestly, like he was dragging her through like dangerous, unknown territory. And she was just like, all right, I'm piecing out. So I don't blame her. And I think that, you know, any one of us would have made the same decision. But yeah, I it would be nice to have some closure for her character. But I did. I liked her character overall. Like we talked about whenever we did the overviews of the character. I think she she just didn't have as much of an arc as I might have liked to see. But so I, we do get a version of where she was lost in the snow storm universe and he still made it back. But as far as Jason once reviving pre like the box entering the box, obviously there's worlds where he didn't make it without her. But so I, I do believe she played a huge role in OG Jason's survival in that sense. I feel like she did what was best for her and realistically speaking I think she was right to do so like she was clearly falling for him and was like okay I need to step back because at this point like it's never gonna happen so like why am I doing this to myself I but I'm not sure how I feel about a relationship as far as a romantic relationship like I liked her as a character but I don't know about the whole maybe love potential for them together like, I just want a story of her surviving in different universes, like, jumping around and stuff. But, yeah, I don't really care about them as a real love relationship. But I like their friendship, too. Like, they essentially were each other's only support system. And, obviously, yeah. they were relying on each other. So, I enjoyed that dynamic of it. I can't. I mean, I'm sure there is a universe out there that they ended up together. But I can't. He really even, yeah. It. He even yeah. mentions that. He's like, oh, I'm sure there's some universe yeah. where this Jason actually goes and kisses her and, and, and stops right. looking for his actual world or whatever. But I don't want to explore that. <laughs> yeah. It was sad, though, the, the moment you mentioned Barbara where he's talking to the other Jason where Amanda didn't make it out of the ice world. And she, Yeah, she, like she, to she think. <laughs> just another, I mean, there's so many just tiny little things that were so well done in this book. But anyway, I'm getting, getting off topic. Is there a path not taken that you wish that you could experience? If so, what is it? And do you feel you ultimately made the right decision? And so you could also answer this as like, if you were Jason too, and you had the power the tech was there to do this, to bounce around. Would okay, you? well, we didn't answer like that because that wasn't here, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just put, you know, Pat's not taken as a dangerous subject to discuss without spiraling for a lot of people. My job as a counselor is literally to help people not spiral down that path um, in a lot of ways. So have I thought about it on occasion? Of course. Do I like to dwell on what-if scenarios? No, it's not healthy. Like I said, I spend a lot of time with a lot of clients you know, discussing thing like regrets that people have and like talking through that. And, um, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous subject. So there are literally endless scenarios and loops that you would, you would get lost in. Um, if you let your mind go there, I feel like, you know, there's been plenty of times in my life where I'm like, Oh, if I would have made this decision, what would that look like? Or if I would have, 
and it's just not healthy. So, so since the other part of the question is super easy to answer, would you, if you had the tech, would you explore other timelines or would you say, nope, I'm, I'm sticking in. What that. do you mean by different timelines? Cause like, if I could experience like, you know, the Egyptian times and no, like no, the roaring twenties, then yes, I 100%. If you're talking about like my own life experience, if I hadn't done a and B, yes. that's a different answer. That's what I'm talking about. So the, the literal machine that, that Jason two built lets you go between different universes at the same but not moment. back in time not back or forward so would you use that machine to go look at the what ifs in your no own because life? literally you see in this story how you can easily screw up like your own timeline that you're in so like would i trade what i have right now so that i can go and see what life might have been like and risk screwing up and never being able to get back to the situation absolutely not no yeah so i i want to preface my answer in the sense that I feel like, yes, I think about this, but not in like a dangerous or way that like Lauren was mentioning. I think of more of, it's a reflection for me to always realize how I got here and for me to be happy with the choices that I've made or not made, I guess, depending on what I'm looking at and to be, what is the word I'm looking for? Like it's self-reflection to be, What is the word I am looking for? More cognizant, more... No, like... Appreciative. Appreciative. Like, appreciative of what I have. Because, so like, people who do spiral and think, oh, if I would have just done this, I could have been here. Like, I don't think that's healthy. But I also think that you should kind of reflect and be like, you know what? These are the choices that got me here and look how far I've come. I think you should maybe do that just so you are happy with the choices that you've made and be like, you know what? Yes, that didn't happen the way maybe I originally wanted it to, but like, look how far it's gotten me in here. Anyways, do I do this? Maybe I'm a little weird because I do think about this kind of stuff, but not in that way of like, oh, I really wish I would have done that. I just think of like, huh, would life would be interesting had this been like this. But I'm also a very weird daydreamer. Like I daydream about a lot of stuff. Like if this happened to hear stuff and that's how you get story ideas but anyways I digress but one thing I always do think about and it wasn't because I didn't make the choice the choice was made for me is where I would be if my parents hadn't immigrated to the U.S. and I would have grown up in Brazil because obviously my life would be completely different like friends family like all of just my experience in life and growing up would be so different that's just something I'm always like I wonder what that would be like I'm curious to know how that would be I, I I do think like Lauren mentioned, like, I think you can drive yourself crazy thinking about all the past not taken in your life. And you really shouldn't do it in that sense. But I do think you should reflect to realize like what you have in life and be grateful for those things instead of being one of those people who thinks back and and is bitter about the choices that you've made instead. As far as Michael's question, if I would do that, I think because I'm a very curious person as far as like, that kind of sense, it would be interesting just kind of to see like what I was able to accomplish in other things. But I don't think I would ever look at it as a I'm jealous or I wish I would have done that. It's more of just I'm so curious. I'm a very curious person by nature. So I like to know the what ifs if I could. So to have that in my grasp, but like if the choice was, you can do this, but you're risking the chance of like Lauren said, messing up my current timeline or not ever being able to go back, then I would that to me, that's not worth it. But if you were to tell me like, Hey, you can pay five bucks and you can see what version 
2,122 would have done, then I'd be like, oh, cool. Like, I would love to know, like, maybe in a different universe, I'm more artsy because I've never had that gene. But maybe somewhere else, like, life happened and I turned into, like, this cool painter. Like, that would be cool to see that I had that in me. And then I could be like, oh, hey, that's you do have that in you. Do you feel like, though, if you did that, that you would have less satisfaction with your current life? No, because because I've never felt... I've never felt that way. Like there's a lot of stuff that I've chosen to do and you know, I, you have to live with that. I don't think I would feel unsatisfied. I think if anything, I'd be like, you know what? Like a part of me always thought I could do this and it's nice to know and get that the validity of knowing that I I had it in me. It just, my life didn't put me towards that route. You know, I will say that you are the exception to the rule from. Oh, really? Yeah. Most people would struggle with that and then go back to their normal life and not be content and then constantly be chasing the things that they oh. thought that they could have. So you are a rare bird. <laughs> no, I've never, I've never thought that. I've, if anything, it's just like, yeah, f- like F you to everyone else who said I couldn't do it because another universe of me did, you know? But. So for me on this one, the, there isn't necessarily like a specific path that I wish I could experience. I think that like, dated me. <laughs> yes, I wish I could look at what my life would be like if I had never met Barbara. I'm no. just kidding. Um, but I think your self esteem might be better. No, I... Ouch! <laughs> you're you're no cakewalk either, Lauren. You tease him just as badly as I oh, do. Oh, I'm totally kidding. What would life be like if my parents had only had one would be kid? Like- that's what if point. what if Michael? What would Michael's life be like if Barbara and Lauren didn't always berate him on the podcast? If, if mom and dad only had me, and I never met Barbara, what would my life be like? Anyway, he spirals. So no, I there's nothing like that. I unlike Barbara, I agree with Lauren that that can be a dangerous spiral to start digging into what ifs, and it's interesting. So the other part of this question that I posed initially, I thought kind of like Barbara did, it'd be interesting to see you know, different versions of yourself. But I started thinking about it. And I think that Jason too created this machine, not with the intention at the outstart of going in, like, you know, getting into somebody else's life and taking it over. I think that happened because he went and explored different timelines and he saw something that he didn't have that he thought would make him happy um, and ended up blowing up the world over it effectively. And so, so no, I would not, use the machine i think if this question was would i use a time machine it would be yes because i think that would well be obviously i already told you but, my answer would be a yes on that one but for this it's going to be a no uh because I, I think that you know jason too was probably relatively happy in his life and then he did this and that changed everything for him and i think it depends on the person that you are like lauren said like if you're one of those people who is just gonna spiral and be like i could have had that life and now i'm gonna steal somebody else's life like no that's not worth it to me to blow up your own life that's if that was my choice i'd be no i would never say yes to that yeah anywho moving on from there um obviously the ending of the book we already talked about a little bit is they're in the box and they're trying not to be followed so they have charlie open the door because in theory jason too doesn't know charlie and doesn't have a charlie that he can use to get to this new world and that's described to us the science of the box is that the world takes you to somewhere based on the person who opens the door and so all we see is charlie opens the door and the book ends and so what or if anything did you envision is behind that door what world did they walk into 
I'm not really sure I imagined a particular world, just more of like how they would simulate in this universe. And I kind of already got into that whole like issue there. But so I, I didn't really, I'm hoping that they found a universe similar to theirs, that they could live peacefully in what they want in their lifestyle or whatever. But it would be also cool, like if they were like a futuristic world, you know, that would be kind of interesting to see. But just, you know, I didn't really picture anything. Hopefully it's a, a cool universe for them and it's not. <laughs> like molten lava or something <laughs> that would suck you finally right? get your wife and kid back and then you walk into immediately a universe, like a <laughs> immediate <show>. death <laughs> that'd be awful so i like barbara i didn't really think about what the universe was but i i did think about like like she also mentioned like all the issues they would have just because of all the issues that the characters run into previously so I think once I started thinking about that, I started thinking like, okay, so this universe is probably going to have another Jason, Daniela, and Charlie. Um, so what are your choices there? You either take out your people that live in this universe and take over their lives. Option B is the one that I pictured when I read the book, which was that they probably would go somewhere not in the United States and live more off the grid um, to have an enjoyable life, but never cross paths with the other versions of themselves. I mean, if you think about it, you were a 15 year old boy once, like what do 15 year old boys think? Like, would it be like a weird porno set or something? <laughs> a world where everyone's having sex all the time. <laughs> like That's the kind of, you know, like you have to kind of think of that. Jeez, like what, I didn't think about that. No. What a 15 year old boy thinks about like what, like, would it be like a cool, like all the world is a water world. Like that would be kind of interesting or something like that. I think you know, if anything, in that moment, Charlie was dealing with a lot of trauma as to what just happened in his life. Right. Can you imagine then like a and crappy if, world? If he's thinking about that and he's thinking about how they need to be, they need to escape and they need to be away from people, then it might be a relatively desolate world. Yeah. That's a good point. Who knows? I don't know. The, there's lots of different ways you can go with this, including lava world. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, those are my thoughts on it. I just put a happy one. And I think that, like, I just imagine them getting to go back to a, a universe that was pretty much, like, where they started. Um, was kind of what I had pictured in my head, like, that they get to live happily ever after. And they get to go back to their, their and not even, like, exactly like their old life, but basically that they get to go, go back and kind of be a family again and not have to worry about all of the nonsense Yes, we finally got to the point of the podcast. Oh, we look, Michael, about we made your math so easy and there's no decimals. Our individual scores. You did. <laughs> it's true. This is the first time this has happened? Or I, not? I think it happened one other time. No, uh, where we all matched the same score. I think it's happened one other time. Oh. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, so I guess we'd have to go side by side since or one by one since they're, they already have <laughs> said the math was easy and it was all the same. And if you remember, our group score was an eight. So each of us did give this book. Actually, eight. picked a seven point nine nine, but you know, <laughs> Barbara is fired and is no longer going to be part of the podcast from this this week forward. There's Glad another you... universe where Barbara's not part of the podcast, and Mike <laughs> and I just murder each other. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so our group score on this was an eight. We all gave it an eight. I think it's pretty evident based on everything we've said so far that we all really liked this book. Um, so much so that I think we've all talked about reading more books by this author. I. I've already read a couple by him because I read the Wayward Pines books, but uh, it'd be interesting to read some of the other ones that he's written too. Make sure you're following Badass Literature for free in your favorite podcast app. Give us a rating and leave us a review if you can. It's super important. It lets our podcast get seen and it uh, 
by listened to by more people. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Our username is BadassLipPod on both Instagram and Facebook. So if you have any feedback about today's episode, you can contact us by writing to BadassLiteratureSociety at gmail.com. You can also send us a DM or leave a comment on Instagram or Facebook. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of Season 4. I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. Bye. Bye. Bye.